the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's a dirty place. Get up above the circumstances. You're more than a conqueror. God is for you. If I believe that, that changes my perspective. I don't look at everything from down here. I look at everything from his point of view because he's the ultimate champion. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I did it again. First time it was Adele. This time it was Charity Gale. Music is one of the things that gets my blood pumping. I I love listening to good music. And so when I get on an airplane, uh, one of the first things I do is is put in my earphones and and I turn up the music. And, And so I did that last Sunday morning. As I was flying to Pensacola, I I did that even before we left the ground in in Tampa. But I noticed that the flight attendant was saying something to me. I mean, I'm listening to Charity Gale. We sing a lot of that music in worship. It's Charity Gale who's saying, "I, I speak the name of Jesus, or thank you, Jesus, for the blood, or there's a new name written down in heaven, and it's mine. I mean, I love that music. It gets me excited, and so I have to be careful because I usually sing along with it. But I noticed the flight attendant was saying something to me, and so finally I realized I needed to listen, and so I turned down the music, and, and I said, yes. And he said, you listening to music? I said, well, I was. Just kind of nod at him and turn the music back up and put my earphones back on him. But I noticed he's still talking. And after kind of looking at him for just a second, I, I, I turn it down again. I take the earphones out and I'm like, yeah. And he says something, but I don't understand it. So I, I do just turn to the guy that I had gotten to know that's seated right next to me. And I said, I can't understand. What is he saying? And the guy just looked at me and he said, Your music is coming through the phone, not your headphones. It's a lot less embarrassing than it was with Adele. But um, sometimes music just gets us going, right? There's songs, certain songs that, like, when you start singing them, everybody knows. Like, na-na, na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey. See, a lot of you know that old gospel song, but it's, it's not time to go. Maybe you know the song from uh, Queen, that British group that's kind of a power ballad. We are the champions. You know that song? We'll keep on fighting to the end. We're the champions. We're the champions. No time for losers because we are the champions of the world. I want you to think about the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today. 
as a power ballad like that. Words that should stick with you and get the blood pumping and make you excited about who you are and what you know in Jesus Christ. That's what the last verses of Romans 8 are all about. It's the theological truth that arises out of the knowledge we've learned thus far. Before we can jump into that, let me just give you the main point. It's a very simple message, so here you go. In Jesus, you are more than a conqueror, and no one nor anything can take that away. Let me say it again. In Jesus, you are more than a conqueror, and no one nor anything can take that away. Now, we're going to jump into that, but first, let me remind you where we've come from. This book of Romans, it's pretty incredible. We're looking in the best book of all time, the Bible, in what many would say is the best book in the Bible, Romans, at what many would say, what is the best chapter in Romans, Romans chapter 8, and we're looking at some of the very best verses. What do these words mean to us? What is God trying to say? Let's look, beginning in Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? Time out. What things? Romans is a book of soteriology. It's taught us what it means to be saved. We've learned that we were all sinners, everyone who's ever been born. We've learned that the wages of our sin was death. But we've learned that Jesus, he, he took our death. God demonstrated his love and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And now in Romans 8, we've learned as it began, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then we learn that when we're in Christ Jesus, that means we've been adopted into the family of God. And then we've learned that since we're adopted into the family of God, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means what's his is ours. What's up there, we can have down here. That's pretty good news, right? Is anybody with me? And then on top top of that, we've learned that even when we don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit of God is interceding on our behalf, taking us to the Father. What then shall we say in response to these things? Well, here's what we say. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, he's at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered to be sheep, to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
That's good news. Let's pray together. Father, again in the name of Jesus, we come to you asking simply, give us what we need that we don't have. Teach us those things we need to learn that we don't know. Make us the people we've not yet become. And Lord, let the words I say and even my thought be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you started your Christmas shopping? I mean, this is a big week, right? We start celebrating Christmas now right after July 4th, it seems like. And so I'm used to, you, you had this big shopping weekend coming up. But now Black Friday, I think, starts back in September. Uh, because for weeks I've been getting emails about the Black Friday sales. But anyway, it's a big shopping weekend, so I hope you've got your list going. And what you need to buy and maybe what you're hoping to get. Everybody has a dream list. What's on your dream list? I've got some things. Um, I like watches. And, and so um, most of my watches, none of them are that fancy. Um, but I, I like watches. And like so when I go to foreign countries, I buy fake nice watches. So I've like, from Turkey, I've got a Crolex. And um, from Iraq, I've got a Stolex. Um, and somewhere I bought a Folex. But anyway, uh, so on my dream list, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have one of the real ones? I don't know if I could wear it, but I, I'd like it. I'd like to have an actual Rolex or maybe uh, like James Bond to have an Omega. That'd be nice. Probably won't ever happen. Um, I, a Mont Blanc pen. That's on my dream list. I mean, that's fancy too, right? Because here's why. I saw you roll your eyes, Miss Glenna, but here's why. Um, I grew up left-handed and so every time I write, the ink smears. Everybody, just feel, feel my paint a little bit. Everybody just goes, aw. So, I mean, it'd be nice to have a fancy pen where the ink wouldn't smear, right? Yeah, that's my dream. Oh, what's on your dream list? Here's why I'm telling you this. The things I'm about to tell you, these are things that everybody should want. And they're things everybody needs. And there are things, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you get. This is not some dream that's a pipe dream that may never happen. This is who you are if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. That's why I say this should be one of the most encouraging messages you ever hear. These are the dream gifts. Now, remember our main thing. I've said it. I'm going to say it again and again. In Jesus, you're more than a conqueror. Say more than a conqueror. And no one. Say no one nor anything can take that away. So let's look a little more closely at these verses. Paul, as he's closing this out, he asks a series of questions. I'm going to group them into three categories. Let me give you the first one. It's in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So now in his writing, he gives us the question and he's going to tell us the answer. So the question is, who can be against us? And the answer is nobody. Nobody. If God is for you, that's all that, all that matters. Isn't that amazing? God's word says that he is for us. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, 
and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Some of us are old enough to remember a musical by Don Moen. It was called God for Us. He also wrote one called God with Us. And all these songs gave us a worshipful time as believers in the body of Christ just to remember that God cares about us, that He is for us. But, but we sing about that in a lot of songs. Maybe you enjoy singing the song we call the blessing that comes straight out of Scripture. These are the words. The Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and, and their children in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. What a powerful song. Now, what is he saying? He's not saying you're never going to have any opposition. There are going to be some people who are against you. You might have family members that are against you. You might have a boss that you feel like they're against you. And there may be people you work with or classmates that are against you. Shoot, I've even had church members I felt like were against me. He's not saying that you won't have things or people that come against you. But he's saying, if God is for you, that doesn't matter. God is for you. Nothing can overcome you. He's addressing a feeling that we all have. Maybe you've come in today with this feeling. Here it is. I can't do this. You just feel like you're at the end of the rope. Sometimes we just shorten that short phrase and say it this way. I'm done. Maybe that's where you are. I believe God sent me here today to tell you that if you're a, a Christ follower, you need not feel done, for He is for you. So when you say, I can't do this, you remember that thanks to Jesus, yes, you can. In fact, the Bible says there's nothing you can't do through Christ who gives you strength. We're eat up in our society with fear. I, I think some of the cultural things we went through impacted that. And then the worldwide pandemic, it just gave us all the fear bug. There are people still afraid to, to come to church because of fears that they have. And let me just tell you, the fact that God is for you, the, the fact that God loves you the way he loves you, that should deal with the fears in your life. For example, don't fear intimidation because God is for you. Nothing in this world, the circumstances, the events, the people around you, nothing should cause you to feel intimidated. For 
God is for you. Just think about what that means. The creator is for you. The savior is for you. The sustainer is for you. Yahweh is for you. Elohim is for you. El Shaddai is for you. Adonai is for you. Jehovah Rapha is for you. Jehovah Nisi is for you. Jehovah Jireh is for you. Jesus is for you. Church, God is for you. That means in an age of cancel culture, you don't have to fear being canceled. Because he's for you. So you have to begin to live like that. Now, how do we know he's for us? He tells us in that verse. Remember I told you, he asked the question and he answers it. Look at verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. He's saying, if, if God did not spare Jesus, if God allowed his son Jesus to die for us, why would he hold anything back? You understand what he's saying? He's saying, if God gave us his best already, why would we think he's not going to take care of us? Jesus, in the most famous sermon ever preached in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he kind of presents it this way. It's like outside, because he would have been outside. He looks around, and maybe he points, and he says, Consider the birds. Do do you think they're wondering where their next meal is going to come from, or they're just okay with it? And, And then he points over here, and he says, See the lilies of the field? Do you think they woke up this morning thinking, What color should we be today? And he says, so then why do you worry about today or tomorrow? Just seek me first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And everything else will be added unto you. He's telling you in this age of fear, not only do you not have to fear intimidation, he's saying don't fear limitation. You have no limits when God is with you. Let me see if I can illustrate that. It's been a challenging week for our family. Um. But in the midst of that, God's just done some really neat things. It's been uh, about seven years that God uh, led us to bring our precious daughter into our home and uh, adopt her uh, into our family. And that was a big change. You just need to know, uh, just let me put it in perspective. Tomorrow she turns 10. Our baby boy is 19. (laughs) Our oldest is 27, and we've got two in between that. I mean, this rocked our world. It's a big change for the Purvis Pact. But we made that decision. We made that commitment way back then. Everything else since then is just a consequence of that decision that's already made. So I told you tomorrow's her birthday. Well, guess what? Am I going to, on her birthday, look back at all of these years and say, well, you don't know what we've already done, how we've already sacrificed, what we've, our price we've already paid. You know, we're just, just look at your daddy and say, thank you, daddy. Is that what I'm going to do? Not a chance. You know what daddy's going to do? I'm going to spoil that little girl. As she said this morning, dad, this is my last day in single digits. She's about to be 10. I'm going to give her the best. Now, Paul is saying, why? If God has already committed everything to us, why would, why would we think he's holding back 
on giving us his best on a daily basis. Remember, in Jesus, you're more than a conqueror. And no one, nor anything, can take that away. But there's a second question I want you to see. Actually, a couple. Look at verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So remember their questions. What's the question? Who's going to bring a charge against me? You know what the answer is? Nobody. What fear does this deal with? Accusation. And a lot of us struggle with this. You think, you think that God is somebody he's not. Remember I told you the story about my friend Linda. And Linda came from a Catholic background where she was very religious. But she told me a few weeks ago, she said, Paul, I had it all wrong. I, 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 I thought that God was just waiting to punish me when I stepped out of line. And so my relationship with God was just trying to make right choices so that I didn't get in trouble. And that, that's living in constant fear of being accused. And, and some of you, that's the way you walk into church. And I get it, it's because we make some choices that are not honoring to Jesus. And we've done some things even this week that we know are sinful. And so we kind of walk in and then we feel guilty. And we wonder if everybody's looking at us funny. And, and we assume that God is looking at us differently. But remember what God's word just said. Who's going to bring the charge against you? Nobody. You don't have to fear accusation because he is for you. He is for you. Now, Paul goes a step further. He doesn't just tell us nobody's going to bring the charge. He tells us why nobody's going to bring the charge. He says, remember, you've been justified. That's something we learned earlier in Romans. Remember, we were lost, but now we're saved. When we're saved, we are justified. When we're justified, God takes us as sinners and he makes it, we, we learn from that word, he makes it just as if we've never sinned. So not only when God looked at you this morning, when you walked in to worship him, he's not looking at you pointing that finger of guilt. He looks at you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you know what he sees? He sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. I mean, just think about that. When God looks at you, he sees his son. Not only does God not accuse you, it, it tells you that he, Jesus is going to the Father and he's interceding on your behalf. So when you have that bad day as a follower of Christ and you've blown it and you've sinned against him, Jesus is going to the Father. Oh, Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy for Paul. He needed it today. But don't get me wrong, there's an accuser. He's a slanderer. He's a liar. He's roaming to and fro. He's after you and your mama. That's not God. God's the opposite. He's your advocate. When you feel those feelings of guilt, you remember God's for you. And when the accuser, when he reminds you of your past, as he'll often do, you remind him of his future. You tell the devil to go to hell because that's where he's going to spend forever. I've read the back of the book. This turns out okay. We win. 
Hold on a second. I'm not going to jump down, but I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to respond. I read the back of the book, and we win. Praise the Lord. That's good stuff. That's the truth. Remember, in Jesus, you're more than a conqueror. Say more than a conqueror. And no one or anything can take that away. Now, there's one last question. I want you to get this. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we'll face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. So the question, who shall separate us? What's the answer? Nobody. Nobody. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now again, don't miss this. It doesn't say those things don't happen. Let me go back through the list because some of them have happened to you even this week. Have you had trouble? Some of you faced some hardship? I have. You had any persecution this week? Been hungry this week? Hope you're not walking around naked this week. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.